everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. What is up, everybody? I'm so excited. So, of course, this is Townsend. Tonight is a strange night. So instead of Monday night at six o'clock or seven o'clock, we're doing a Tuesday at five. And that's because I'm going to be chit-chatting with Nashville's meteorologist, Megan Thomas. And we're going to be talking about her hearing impairments or hearing deficits. We're going to be talking about the hard of hearing community, the deaf community, the hearing community, and everything in between. It's going to be really cool. I feel like this is a topic that we don't know much about, and we could all stand to learn a little bit more about it. Hi! Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm trying to... How do I make this brighter? I wonder if I should, like, move locations. Do you care if I... Oh, no, go right ahead. You do what you need to do. <laughs> How are you? Make sure. I'm good. I'm doing so good. I am chugging along back to the groove. I had a week off work and so, well, like three days. So it's been, it's been good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To you, it seems like a week, I guess. Yeah. Not having to wake up at um, 2.40 in the morning is um, everything, you know, it's uh, definitely something that I, it just does not get easier. I mean, no matter how long you do it, it just does not get easy. <laughs> no, 2.45 existed, right? You know, most people, so um, on, my way to the airport, or on my way to the airport last week, was talking to the, the girl who picked me up and, and I said <clears throat> something like, something that if I, you know, I go to work at that time and she was like, wait, the news starts at 4 a.m.? I was like, yeah, it does. In fact, I, I don't think people realize that we are up that early. Absolutely not. So I am in Arkansas, and I frequent the news stations here, and it's the same thing. So I've gotten to be really good friends with them, and they go to bed super early, but when uh-huh. you ask, they get up at 2 in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, just depends on the schedule that you're on. I mean, even if you're working nighttime, you work from, like, 2 p.m. till 11 so then even then you miss things in the evening and honestly like I really do love my schedule because I'm off at noon but I just just hate you know that alarm clock is tough but the moment you get up you have your cup of coffee and you kind of chill out all things kind of just you're in your routine and you just keep going yeah absolutely I feel like you kind of get used to it it's kind of like working night shift I guess so how does it feel being on the other side? So actually, I got to know you because I did an interview with you on your biscuits and jam, which was so mm-hmm. fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. It doesn't know, it feels, I, I always do the interviewing. So being interviewed is just, it's different because I don't like talk about myself. Like I, I'd rather talk about somebody else. So it's cool to share my story and it's cool to talk about stuff, but I don't, um, I didn't do it as often as I have recently just because of all the things I've got going on. So it's been kind of cool to share it. Yeah, you have a lot going on. I love everything. You support music. Like I said, you have your little, um, the biscuits and jam that you do every morning and you do the news. And then recently we will get into this, kind of become a spokesperson 
for the hard of hearing, the deaf and the hearing community all in one, because you almost fit into all those categories, which I love. And so I wanted to have you on here on my live stream. So if you don't keep up with my page, I do these live streams and then I go back, edit and convert them into a podcast called You're Not Alone with Townsend. So after this, it'll be available on podcasts on all streaming services, trying to reach as many people as possible just to share awareness about these topics uh, under the umbrella of mental health so that we can let people know that they're not alone, but also spread awareness and just understanding of a bunch of different topics. All right. I love it. I absolutely love what you're doing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Okay. So let's get started. So let's introduce yourself. Who the heck is Megan, especially for my Arkansas crew? Okay. Well, um, who is Megan Thomas? I am an original Georgia peach, but spent the past gosh, 12 years between Alabama and Mississippi, just for two. And then two years ago, this July, I moved to Nashville to continue my career as a broadcast meteorologist. I actually on my Facebook page just posted my first resume tape from 10 years ago. I, it, it came up on my memories a minute ago and I was like, oh my gosh, to know that you've chased your dreams for this long and it's worked out and it's, it's, I mean, some people get in this industry for a year and they're like, I can't do it. And so be 10 years, you know, down the line, it's just been so cool. Um, but yeah, no, I'm the morning meteorologist now, uh, at news two in Nashville, Tennessee, and I absolutely adore it. Um, my coworkers are the reason why I took the job. I met them and I just fell in love with them. They, we just instantly bonded. We're like a true family. And um, so I do that during the day um, from three to noon. And then as soon as 12 o'clock hits, my other hat comes on and I become the president and founder of my nonprofit, The Heart of Hearing. And I am in the process of putting together and finding sponsorships for our huge golf tournament we're putting on in October at Old Hickory, a country club. So that is my other job that I do and honestly I have such a blessed life that I can't I can't get enough of it that is so cool I love that so much the heart of hearing so I've been looking up I see you post about it all the time and I love it so much like I said I feel like this is a topic that unless you're in that community you don't know much about it I'm hard of hearing and in order to be deaf you with a capital D, you need to be completely reliant on ASL, sign language. If you are deaf with a lowercase d, you either have a, a hearing aid that's powerful or you have a cochlear implant and you don't necessarily use sign language, you are able to communicate verbally. And I think it was up until about, gosh, Coda, the movie that took all the awards this past you know month people like didn't really understand or even know what the deaf community hard of hearing community really goes through um coda stands for children of deaf adults and and that movie just shines such a light because if you have parents who are deaf and you come out hearing you have to learn and what's other the other interesting thing i always found was that the deaf and the hard of hearing community are forced to live in a hearing world. So people get upset with those who may be deaf and or hard of hearing 
but we're forced to live in this world where everybody can hear. And well, why doesn't everybody else learn sign language? And then you kind of become this inclusivity. So it's like after this, I told you, I was like, I got to do it before. I'm taking sign language again. I took it in college. Um, and then it's a foreign language, you know, so if you didn't grow up speaking it, you kind of lose it. But I, um, I, I did it because unfortunately I will eventually probably lose all of my hearing and it's just the way that my nerves work. Thankfully there is technology now that can kind of slow the process as long as I wear both my aids and I'm constantly getting them tuned up and, and, you know, stimulating the nerves in my ears, we can kind of slow that process down, but it's almost inevitable. It's like my dad, my dad takes his ears out and he can't hear anything. So it's just a matter of time. But I'm trying to kind of bridge that gap just in case, you know, that does happen. I am still able to communicate either verbally and or with um, sign language. So I think that, you know, this community that we live in and the importance of kind of just bringing all of it together is what everybody kind of needs to learn about. Absolutely. I love it so much. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash townsendtmusic. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue, and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right, back to the conversation. You've been very open about your hearing impairment, and you kind of talked about how it um, affects you personally. So what is your diagnosis, if you don't mind us asking, and, yep. and when did it come along? Were you born with it? Did it come with age? Was it genetic? Yeah, so it's kind of a mixture of all things. What's wild to me is that, um, you know, hearing my hearing loss was progressive over time, and I noticed my hearing loss when I was in middle school, got progressively worse in high school. I really started mentioning it, I think in college. And then obviously, um, gosh, after I graduated college, it just kind of, it was almost hard to communicate. And I have profound hearing loss in my left ear and severe hearing loss in my right ear. So it goes mild, moderate, severe, profound. So I'm at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to both of my ears. So basically I miss about 70% of what's said in my left ear and I miss about what's about 30 to 40% of what's said in my right ear. And um, if I were to lay on my right side of my head and I have my left ear up, I barely hear it. I can't, I can't put the sentence together. I know that there's sounds, but I can't understand what's being said. I, my right ear, I have a better you know, idea what's going on. And um, you asked me, you know, is it genetic? Well, yes, my dad uh, is hard of hearing. He's worn hearing aids, you know, my entire life. And so for me, I actually think that it went so unnoticed because my mom and my mom talks really loud. And then they've been married 40, they'll be 45 years this coming February, crazy. Um, but she's always talked very loud to compensate for my dad. And then we also had all these tools at home already for my dad. So I only ever watched the television back when I was little with headphones or I, you know, I just followed my dad's footsteps. I started reading lips a lot better. I read them really well now. Um, 
I, I can listen to almost everything on Instagram on silent, even if there's not closed captioning and, and can read someone's lips. That's too. And cool. I mean, it's, um, it's a cr pretty cool, you know, trick, but I can't hear you. <laughs> so so, it kinda, so basically no one needs to be talking bad about you unless mm -hmm. they're covering their mouth. Yes. No talking bad about me because if you go across the room and do it, I'll see you. But if you're trying to whisper it to my ear, I can't, I can't hear you. So it just kind of is a give or take, but you yeah, know, I guess, it, I guess it just went so unnoticed for so long because I had all these tools growing up to like kind of mitigate that. And at the end of the day, you know, it was um, something that was, was, sad for my parents I guess I think that they are kicking themselves now because they think we could have done something a long time ago to help stop this or help fix it but um you know it's okay we live and we learn and it all has worked out in the end absolutely absolutely so what are you talked about as a kid they might have been overlooked because your dad had the same mm -hmm. issue what are some red flags that parents could look for in their children, maybe um, if they're concerned about their child's hearing or maybe something that could have triggered your mom or dad if they weren't already, you know. You know, I, I love this question because I think that it's going, it's going to be different for everyone. But for me, what I can tell you from my personal experience and what I used to do as a kid, I would always just, and, and now my boyfriend does, like he, he's picked up on stuff. My friends picked up on stuff. They, they will ask me a question and I'll say, yeah. And they're like, it was not a yes or no question. Yes. Doesn't even, you know, cover the answer or anything like that. So if, if your child starts to just say, mm -hmm, or agree with everything, they may have not understood you and they may have not um, really heard you. And the interesting thing about hearing losses, is that so for me, I mix up a bunch of letters. So S H and F's and um, S's, like the title of my nonprofit and my book are heart of like the heart of hearing because I heard someone say heart of hearing as opposed to hard of hearing. And so you mix, you, you letters, some letters kind of just disappear with the frequency of them. And the other thing I will also tell parents to look out for is my parents thought I was just being, you know, ignoring them when truly I wasn't like if they walked up the stairs and got my attention, sure, I could hear them and understand them. Um, so if that's a problem or if they ever mention, I know for me, I was in school a lot, obviously growing up in middle school and like high school, I would, I, I mean, I sat in the front because I was reading lips all the time. You know, it's, it's, if they say that they're having a hard time either seeing and or comprehending stuff, maybe just ask them to get their ears checked. I mean, it takes 30 minutes. It's one audiologist appointment. And what's, what's a bummer is that it's not through your school. Like there are now one of my favorite nonprofit songs for sound is out of Nashville and they're actually working in all of the elementary schools trying to just do free hearing screenings um, for kids because one, they're not free. A hearing is anything hearing related is not covered under insurance. Um, so hearing aids aren't covered under insurance. Um, nothing's covered under insurance. My audiologist appointments, nothing. It's actually considered a luxury via the um, insurance company. They think it's cosmetic. 
what? I had no yes. idea. Yes. So that is the reason why I started my nonprofit, um, to take care of that financial burden. Because a pair of hearing aids costs between $3,000 and $5,000. And you get new ones almost every 10 years because technology changes. And like the ones that my dad wore when I was a baby versus the ones he has now, they look completely different. They work completely different. The receivers are stronger. Um, you have apps now connected to your phone. And, you know, an audiologist appointment cost me about 80 bucks every time I go in there to get my ears tuned up. So to, to parents, don't let the financial stress worry you if your child has hearing loss. I would go ahead and get it checked out. And then there are so many programs now to help mitigate that cost, whether it's, you know, take care of half of it, all of it, some sort of program that you can either apply for and hopefully help help out. So don't ever let the money thing make you nervous. That that blows my mind mm -hmm. that it's like a luxury, like a almost like mm -hmm. surgery. It's something you choose to do. And I wonder if that's because I'm pretty sure that Arkansas does hearing screenings yearly, I believe. They may. I know that I grew up in, in Georgia and um, we did not. Um, and Tennessee obviously doesn't because they have this nonprofit that goes around and does it. Um, it may be safe to state, but I know that insurance as a whole across the whole country does not cover it at all. The other thing is that, um, you know, the hearing aids can be so expensive and so can the audiologist appointments and if, if my program, like the one that I have can't fit you, then another one I can help point you, like we all kind of work together. We can point you in the right direction to kind of help you out and see if we can um, put you in the right spot. I love that so much that man, that I think that's probably going to be the mm -hmm. biggest thing that I learned tonight is that's crazy. Cause you think of um, adults that need wheelchairs or walkers, you know, Medicare will pay for that and Medicaid will pay for certain things and Medicaid for children will pay for certain things, but it doesn't cover hearing aids. That's crazy to me at, at all. And you know, with the whole, the whole um, insurance side of it all, the, the fact that like the, when they say like, oh, it's cosmetic and or a luxury. When I was 20, gosh, three and could finally af like afford one hearing aid. I needed two, but I could only afford one. My parents actually ended up paying for it. Um, it y y y you don't want to spend the money on it, you know, but you need to spend the money on it. So it's not something like, oh, I want to go spend $5,000 today on a pair of hearing aids in my 20s. That sounds terrible. I didn't have an extra $5,000 sitting around when I was that age either. And not many people do. And so to have this kind of financial like umbrella, like burden on top of you was stressful. And so, you know, when I was 26 and, and got my first pair, I actually went through a vocational rehab program and they were going to pay for half of it. And so I took out a credit card, was ready to swipe that bad boy for $2,500. Um, cause I, I got the ones with the Bluetooth in them. So right now I'm talking to you via my ears. Like you're inside my ear. Like I can hear you in my ears. And, um, and so I, I got those and then I was willing to go into credit card debt for something that I needed to live day to day. And I think that's where my heart breaks. Well, then they came back at me and they said, actually, we're going to pay for all of it. 
And so I just remember just sobbing in the, in the, in the office and calling my dad. And at that point, I think that's when my whole, I want to be able to give this feeling to somebody else. So that's why I created my nonprofit, the heart of hearing. I love that so much. You know, I loved your nonprofit before and now just have a whole new respect for it. That is the coolest story ever. I, Man, that makes me want to go out like with signs, you know, in front of <laughs> Apple and be like, change insurance. What are we doing? You know, eventually there's several of us who will probably go to DC and lobby. And I know that they are working on quote unquote, having like an over the counter hearing aid, but that is not, it's not good. It's so an over the counter hearing aid is basically just going to be an amplifier, meaning you're going to be just, everything's really loud. My hearing aids are specifically for me. It's like a contact prescription. So like my left ear misses X, Y, and Z. My right ear misses these letters, but together they've made it work. Like the technology kind of fits. If there's just an over-the-counter hearing aid, I would still be missing all these words. They would just be now louder. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people that I know that have the older, even the older hearing aids that cost $2,000, they hate them because when they go in a restaurant, they hear everything amplified, not just what they want to hear. So my favorite part, so I wear Stigmia hearing aids and my hearing aids, they're amazing. I, I, it's when I say that they are my, the best ones I've ever had. So I have an app on my phone and I have it programmed to where when I go into a loud restaurant, it cuts out all the background noise. And all I can hear is the person in front of me. And then there is also a mask option. So I click the little mask and it almost sharpens everyone's words because so much was getting lost for the hard of hearing community. That mask problem was or the mandate was such a problem for those of us who can't hear and those of us who rely on reading lips I cried <laughs> in the Green Hills Mall because I asked this person over and over and over and I just was like I don't have my hearing aids in can you please just pull your mask down for like five seconds and like stand over there but I can read your lips you know it became such a problem for those of us who rely so heavy on that and I know it was for safety reasons, but it was just, it was, it was, it made you not even want to go anywhere as someone who was hard of hearing, like it made you want to go nowhere. Um, but my hearing aids, and there are other brands out there. I mean, there's Signia, there's Phonak, there's Oticon, Starkey. I mean, I mean, those are just four that I can name off the top of my head, but they are, uh, all of these new Bluetooth ones are becoming so high tech and it is very cool to see how they've all evolved. Yeah, absolutely. They almost used to be like a brick in your ear, you know? Mm -hmm. and, well, and those that, were my dad's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't even see it. Uh -huh. like, no, no. Like if I were to put my ear behind my head, like you can, it's back there. But like, if, even if just like straight on, you can't even tell that it's there. Mm -hmm. That is too cool. I love it. So what do you, you, you know, I had thought about the mask thing before, even with children with speech impairments that can hear you. I can't imagine learning language as, you know, with a hearing impairment or anything like that. Uh, but even before that for you, what was the most difficult task in everyday life that you felt like um, with someone with a hearing impairment? I think the hardest, or the hardest thing 
was like in school was absolutely trying to take notes now there are these things even in college you can get a cart writer so you would have a note taker and i wish that i had known about that or had taken advantage of something like that in college because if you are watching your notes like on the board and you are writing it down but they're talking and you're trying to read it but you can't and they click too fast and you and you didn't hear what they said you missed so much and and the other thing is is i would also encourage um if people are in the education world every video that they do please put closed captioning on it i mean even this like once i post it i have closed captioning on all of my stories because someone may prefer to you know read that or have it i watch the television with closed captioning because i i would miss everything otherwise i it's television is hard to follow because the you know cameras move and you can't always watch their lips so i always have closed captioning on and that's also why i don't go to the movies um because movies don't have closed captioning but ac i think ACM, is that the name of the movie theater? They just came out with like one night a week. I think they have closed captioning on um, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in my adult life, the hardest thing, I think it's just um, almost being okay with it. I think you get to a point where you have to kind of just accept that this is what you what you live with. And it's not this you know, detrimental thing that I have going on. Everybody that I've talked to and when I finally really came out and embraced it, I think me sharing about it helped me almost be more okay with it. Like me talking about it on social media, it was something that I was super insecure about and almost embarrassed about with the amount of times I was like, what, huh? Can you repeat that? What? (laughs) Um, And now I automatically say, listen, I'm hard of hearing. Can you please rephrase that? And that was the other thing I was going to teach you guys. If you are talking with somebody who's hard of hearing, if, if they say what, just so rephrase the sentence. Because like I said, if you repeat the same word over and over again, I'm still going to miss those letters. So if you change your whole sentence, it will help that person understand it just slightly better. That is good to know. Because mm-hmm. when I'm myself I just repeat the same thing either louder and slower yep. or a different frequency but I never thought to just reword it all together reword it all together and that will help that person understand it better because if you say <laughs> the same word over and over again you're gonna get the same response and if yeah. it's louder that's helpful but just talk normally because that person may also be reading your lips so if you go really slow and talk like this we can't follow you so if you just talk normally but then rephrase it, it all works out. Very good. Okay. I'm learning all kinds of things. <laughs> this is, yeah. Like I said, so much good information. Also, I don't know if you've been keeping up with all the comments. Somebody said love from India. So super wow. cool from all over. I know. Um, okay. So what do you feel like helped you cope the most growing up in a world, like you said earlier, that's mostly hearing. Like I can't imagine as a kid, you know, something's a little bit different, but you don't know what, and you're trying to fit in. So what do you feel like was the most, what helped you cope the most? I, uh, when I was little, I, I didn't. And I think, like I said, it wasn't until I got into my older twenties and thirties to where I like knew how to kind of express myself and say like, Hey, I need help with this or, Hey, I need 
you to say something different. When I was younger, I just looked up to my dad. And I think having that figure who has been obviously a constant for me my whole life, he is truly my number one fan and number one, like, rock. I call him for everything. Um, and to have him, you know, go through this already um, and to be able to look up to him and see his successful career. I mean, he just retired last year and he's 71. I mean, the man worked forever and yes, I mean, he's amazing. And so to have him like have this wonderful career and be able to see that it really helped me kind of be like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Like I'm going to be just fine. And, you know, obviously sharing about my story later on in life has helped me kind of cope with it and, and understand that I am not alone. Cause that for a while you kind of think like, Oh, I'm the only one in my twenties and thirties who can't hear because it was the stigma with hearing loss is like, everyone's old, everyone's old. That is not the case. When I posted all my stuff on Instagram and, and this stuff all took off, majority of people who reached out to me were the moms of these kindergartners or third graders and you know I spoke to one the other day out in um, Oklahoma her name's Daisy and she's in third grade and that little girl is going to change the world she's got hearing aids in her ears and she has got the heart full of gold and I tell you what that it's those moments that make make me realize like this is exactly what I was supposed to be doing I love that so, so much. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm a huge believer in one therapy and two, which therapy can be all different types of things. Right. But even this, like doing my live stream, doing my podcast, I feel like that's therapeutic for people. Mm -hmm. Once you open up and you talk about it and you share it with someone and you, you realize that you're not alone. It is so therapeutic and cathartic. Mm -hmm. it's amazing. It is. It really is. It's a game changer. And I think that um, everybody should find somebody that they can look up to with maybe the same kind of thing that they're going through and then talk to somebody. I think the worst thing you can do is kind of keep it in and let it all bubble up to the surface. And we all know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come out one way or the other, out of your ears, out of your mouth, something mm -hmm. going to mm -hmm. go off. Okay, so you kind of mentioned this earlier, but I'm super curious. What are some things other than what we've already talked about that you wish the hearing community knew more about or maybe some tips that we should know? I love that you talked about like rewording your sentences or taking your mask down because not everybody can see those lips. So those are two great ones. Do you have any other tips or tricks? <laughs> Um, I would say, like I said, in school, uh, I know that when I go to uh, school visits, I try to project and speak clearly, and I play a video that will always have closed captioning on it. And I actually talk to teachers when I go, and if I'm saying, can you, if you have, if you have students who are either hard of hearing or who may not even know they're hard of hearing yet, always put closed captioning on videos. I think that it is super helpful and. Um, it can help with the learning process. And then the other thing I would suggest is for those college kids and the professors to always have the notes sent out to the classroom. I think that, you know, they kind of hold it over your head. If you're like not in class, you don't get a copy of the notes or whatever. That doesn't help anybody. 
especially for those who are hard of hearing and who may have been there, but they just missed half of the class because it, you couldn't hear it. Um, so those are really helpful. And I think the hearing community as a whole, I think the more people who understand and recognize that there are so many of us who are hard of hearing or deaf and who use sign language and who are able uh, to communicate back, I think that would be so helpful. It'd be amazing to see more people take sign language classes. I mean, I'm doing it out of um, Bridges West, which is right here in Nashville, and it's a Zoom, and you can take it all over the country. Um, there are people uh, in Florida and, and, you know, in the Midwest that have joined in and who've taken it um, all over because it is a Zoom class, and uh, you have, you know, once a week for eight weeks, and then you do it again for like level two. And it's just an easier way to be able to communicate. And that way, if you do run into somebody who speaks sign language, you're able to communicate and almost make them feel welcome. Yeah. And not kind of like the outsider. I was going to say what I can't imagine how, gosh, almost isolating that feels. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was funny. We were in um, Mexico this weekend and at dinner across from us was this couple who was speaking in sign language. And I was trying to follow along in their conversation. I kept being like, oh, I think that means like they said mother or father and like something. And like, you know, I was like trying to like learn it. But then I also really wanted to go up there so bad and try to talk to them, but I'm not good enough yet to do that. And I didn't want to, you know, make anybody uncomfortable. <laughs> but I feel like if you, if, if, if the general public could even learn 10 signs you know, like a hello, or my name is, or I'm hearing, or, you know, just make someone, like, how are you? Make someone feel welcome. And I think that's the most important part of it all. Yeah. I took sign language in college. Love it so much. I'm super intrigued by it. And I went out to eat not too long ago, and I saw these two men as, like, friends out for dinner, just going to town doing sign mm -hmm. language. And I couldn't help it. I was staring at them, like trying to nonchalantly stare because I didn't want them to think I was being disrespectful. But kind of like you, I was trying to pick up on things and I thought, am I good enough to go talk mm -hmm. to them? Or so I wanted same thing. I really struggled with, should I go up and say something to them? But what am I going to say? You know, uh, it would be just like walking up to a total stranger being like, hey. Mm -hmm. Like, so like in class the other week, we learned like, I'm like learning and then this is sign. So I'm learning sign and you can, I mean, just pick up like little things. Like I know, so this means hard of hearing and depending on how you're talking or what the word is in front, like this can be deaf or, or this can be deaf. Um, I mean, there are, there are little words that you can pick up here and there that may, may help make someone feel more included and, kind of bring everything together. I love that so much. I've got a friend right now that actually she's an interpreter in like court cases and churches. Oh, wow. uh, so when we go out, she's constantly signing mm -hmm. while she's speaking and it is so intriguing to me. It's so neat. I love it. Okay. So I want to get to your book that you recently published and I want people to know one, I went on to order it and that thing sold out so fast. Mm-hmm message and you said I only got a couple of left and I got on and that thing was gone yes but I love it I love that it is so successful so tell us a little bit about this book and where people can find it um well I just ordered 50 copies oh <laughs> actually 100 
So you can, um, I'm going to buy 100 copies and you can either get them through my nonprofit and or you can get them through my website. It's the same thing. Um, <clears throat> it's the same website, really. And the money does go back to my nonprofit. So that's why, um, you know, it's important to me. I have one left. <laughs> this is mine because <laughs> I literally sold them all. and I was like, wait, I didn't even keep one. Um, and so yeah, this is it. Um, it's the heart of hearing is my nonprofit and then heart of hearing is my book. And so the book is just um you know, it's it's very elementary. It's the cat hears the cardinal chirp and all these different animals. My favorite part is all the animals have hearing aids. They're all wearing hearing aids in it. And all the kids have hearing aids and and or some sort of aid on their ear, whether it's a cochlear implant or a hearing aid. And at the end of it all, it says, and I hear it all because I wear my aids. And I think it's important for one, the, the hearing loss community to realize, you know, I have to wear these in order to hear everything. And I think it was great for hearing children because it shows like, yes, we're a little different. We've got these little magic ears on. However, if we didn't have them on, we wouldn't be able to hear everything. So it kind of teaches children um, to be more accepting and, and to understand, like you can ask that if you're a teacher, you can ask, you know, what did we learn at the end of this? Well, these kids wear it so they can hear everything that we hear. And it doesn't make us, too far off like we're not too different and um you know i think that it's um just a light-hearted little book and i am hoping to make more i've got several ideas written down and i want to take these kids on an adventure and also incorporate you know weather into them as well um to kind of blend my two passions and see how it all kind of transpires but it was a fun book to do and it's one of those moments where you say oh my gosh I actually did this. It's like a real thing. It's in my hands and I could not be more proud. And um, it's just a humbling experience that one people bought it and it's now sold out twice. So I, I keep buying all of them and then you have to resell them obviously, but um, it just, the, the printing process takes a little longer. So I totally get that with, with merch as a musician, I get that. It's, it's really scary because all the money comes out of your pocket in the front end. <laughs> yes, it does. Cool. Yeah. How cool. And just, gosh, rewarding to know that kids are reading this and it's changing lives and opening eyes and ears, which is just so, so cool. Um, so I'm going to have to get my hands on a book for sure. Once they get back online and everything. Yes. So we talked about earlier, are there any resources that you would like to share for people that are looking or for people that are watching that are easy to get to? Yeah, of course. Okay. So um, if you are in the market for a hearing aid, there are different um, nonprofit groups, especially in the Nashville area. I know this reaches probably a lot more people just outside of Tennessee, um, but they're everywhere. All you have to do is look up maybe a vocational rehab um, for your state. I know Alabama did it. I was there. And then between my nonprofit, which we focus on 20 to 45 year olds, the young professional, um, and you have to have a job and, 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 you know, different other criteria in our application process. And then there's a group out of Nashville called Here Nashville that we partner with that they take under the lower income. Like you can't make over a certain amount of money. Whereas mine, I don't care how much money you make. 
you should fall in this age bracket and, you know, have a, a steady job. And with theirs, it's like the lower income families that they take care of. And then Songs for Sound is another wonderful resource that if you, that's mainly children um, to about teenagers into like the young adult. And they'll take care of your hearing aids and cochlear implants and testing as well. So we all kind of are doing the same thing. We all just have a little bit different um, criteria. And then also, I am a big advocate for the Hearing Loss Association of America. I love all the things that they're doing. They have a walk coming up on June 4th that everyone will be participating in. And then their money goes strictly to the hard of hearing community. And then I'm, I'm the keynote speaker at the Say What convention, or the Say What club convention uh, in August. Is that actually of now? It's, it's coming to Nashville this year. That's why they asked me to do it. And um, they basically raise awareness as well for the hearing, the hearing loss community. And I would just encourage people to really, if you're interested in something um, with this, research it. Go to Google and look up, you know, ASL classes or look up where you can volunteer. I think anything like that, if you've got a servant's heart, the world is your oyster. I mean, you can do it all. I love that so much. That's really cool. I have to get a list of those references and resources mm -hmm. and post them later because a lot of people after we do these live streams are like, what was that book? What was the name of that? So I have to go back and post that later. Of course. Um, okay. So last thing, we're going to wrap it up because I know you've got a sign language, sign language class and I've actually got a gig after this. So do you have any advice for those who might have the same struggle or for those who want to better serve those with the difficulty? So let's do um, advice for those who are having hearing issues or hearing impairments and then advice for people that maybe want to uh, help serve those. So my advice for those who may be struggling with hearing loss would be to embrace it and then go get help. Understand that you are not alone, really accept it. And then everything kind of just snowballs and, and you can fit into this hearing world, even though, you know, you may miss a couple things here and there. Um, but just really, truly embrace it. Embrace that, like, you were made the way you are. I mean, at the end of my book, I have Psalms 139, verse 14. It says, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And, you know, and, and I was made this way for a reason. And I think that if people understand that they were made this way for a reason and they use it for good, oh, my gosh, you can do anything. And I would also just, you know, tell them to go get their ears checked. I mean, it really is a quick process and it's super easy. And if anybody ever wants to reach out to me and ask for advice, I'm more than happy to give it. Um, and then for those who want to serve the hard of hearing or deaf and deaf with capital D communities, I think that, you know, look into the programs that are in your hometown. If they're having an event, go to it. If um, there's a nonprofit, anywhere close by, donate to it. I mean, we all have about five bucks to spare. And, you know, I think that anything that is promoting good and wellness and health related, I think that that's where um, money should go. And I think that that's always, it's never going to go away. You know, I think that all of those different, um, whether it is mental health or your hearing health or your actual physical health, those things are super important. And if you can donate to that and kind of help with it, it'd be, it's, it's great. I mean, truly anything counts.
Yeah, I love that so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me. I loved it. You are amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. And I got to get my hands on a book. Yes, ma'am. I will get you one. Um, hopefully I ordered them. Hopefully they'll be here within a couple months. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I love this so much. I love your calls. Everybody go follow Megan. So like she said, she's got the heart of hearing and man, I've learned so much just from this, like, gosh, 45 minutes that we chatted. So go follow her, follow her journey, buy her book, donate, uh, look at her references. It's amazing. But Megan, you have a great evening. It's a pleasure chatting with you. Of course, anytime. Let me know when you want to um, come back on Biscuits and Jam and I'll come see you play. Girl, anytime. All right, yeah. have a good one. All right, I'll see you. See ya. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend Team Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty. All right, guys, I've got another great one for you. Nexus Coffee and Creative. It's located on the River Market in Little Rock, Arkansas. And straight from the definition, Nexus strives to be a meeting place, a point of connection, meaning, and creativity for the beloved city of Little Rock. The core of their being is community. So whether you're local or a vagabond, or you're even here for a limited moment, they wanna make that moment remembered. I've never been anywhere where I've been treated more like family. When I walk in the door, I'm immediately accepted, loved, they're just so interested in each and every customer that they have. So not only is their coffee and their baked goods just the most amazing thing I've ever had, I love going for the community itself. They're amazing. So if you're in Little Rock, make sure to swing by Nexus Coffee and Creative.